In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie and you're listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, current events, and ways to build the best life by a southern girl who's trying to figure it out for herself. Did you ever go on vacation with your family and hope the dance instructor would fall in love with you? No, but I did think a guy with a giant boombox playing Peter Gabriel outside my window in the middle of the night meant true and undying love. Listen to our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, where we revisit these movies and it turns out they weren't the best ideas. What were we thinking? You can find our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also tweet at us at H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T, Heemcast. Why, hello, everybody. I know I said that I would be back in two weeks with another episode, but it is Pride Month and I have yet to say anything about it. And after going back and forth about whether I wanted to record this episode pre or post our local Pride Festival, here I am. And if you happen to hear any yelling in the background, that would be my girlfriend. Yes, girlfriend table that and we'll come back to it i promise if this is the first episode you've ever listened to bless because this is going to be an interesting episode if you've been a regular listener just as a refresher i did work for the catholic church for most of my early 20s i went from waiting tables at 21 22 straight into youth ministry a month after i turned 23 and I'm sure I don't have to explain it, but that environment was not exactly the best place to be exploring my sexuality. Everything I did, said, wore, was under a microscope constantly, even my social media. I remember posting something pro-LGBTQ+, and someone saw it on my Facebook page, because it's open, and reported it back to the priest I was working for at the time. So everything was monitored. I stopped wearing makeup. I stopped wearing clothes that would be considered fashionable. Anything that would get me accused of trying to attract a married man or, I don't know, come across as promiscuous or worldly in any way. There's something very odd about being a woman in the church. The Catholic Church considers itself very progressive. Most do. And women can be in positions of power. Obviously, they can't be priests, but they can do a lot more than they could pre-Vatican II, which happened in the 60s. But what hasn't changed is if I were a man in the same position, my clothing, my words, my actions would not be under such scrutiny as they were. And I know this because I was around a lot of young youth ministers, not a lot, there were actually very few who are my age, but younger in their 20s youth ministers, and they didn't experience the same kind of intense scrutiny that I did. So a lot of essential parts of myself were restricted, I never thought about them, I put them way back far in my mind. Before that, there wasn't much chance to explore my sexuality either. I grew up in a very, very, very strictly religious home, which caused some interesting situations. My family now goes to a very charismatic evangelical church, which would be the speaking in tongues and the falling out in the spirit, all the fire and brimstone, basically. I didn't vibe with that. I never did. I went through that period where 
you just want to be good. You just want to be good enough as a teenager. You want to find your place. You want to be accepted. And to be accepted, I had to accept these tenets and act a certain way as well. I didn't see that there was any other way for me to be. I lived in the Bible Belt in the south of the U.S., There are so many documentaries you can watch if you're not familiar with the evangelical, charismatic culture that is down there. But it's a very interesting climate to be raised in, especially if you might be attracted to the same sex. Now before I go too much further and start telling more of my story, I do want to do my coming out on this podcast because I haven't done so. Why? Because I'm not necessarily out. I only have a handful of friends and my girlfriend, obviously, who know about my sexuality. I am pansexual as far as the labels, but I don't feel a need to label myself. If I had to have a label, queer is what I would choose to identify as. There's a lot of dialogue around bisexuality and pansexuality, a lot of infighting that doesn't belong in our LGBTQIA plus community where we're trying to be positive and accepting of each other as far as I'm concerned. I know that that might seem a little bit hypocritical considering I would consider myself a feminist despite some of the negative connotations that come along with identifying as a feminist. But we're all on a journey, and for now, queer suits me. It took me a while to accept that I wasn't straight. What it took, honestly, was leaving the Catholic Church. I was put in a position where I had to choose between resigning or being fired by my very last job as a youth minister. It was not a very good situation. I was in a position with very little support. It was very difficult for me and the parish was very insular. It wasn't a good fit and I was heading into my health issues at the time. The doctors didn't know what was wrong with me so it was better for me to resign. And so I left the church. Since then, I have had nothing but time to really think about my sexuality, to think about who I am because in a way I feel like I lost my formative years. Some people have their formative years while they're a teenager but when you live in a very sheltered home you don't really get that opportunity and it took me a long time to come out of the cocoon that I was raised in. However growing up Even though I was very sheltered and raised in a very religious environment, I always had questions and I always rejected the hatred of people who are not heterosexual. I remember when my best friend came out to me as gay and if by some weird chance he's listening, I will never stop being sorry for my response. Because at the time, I was fighting my own battles with my family and my religion and myself. I never believed that it would be bad to be gay or bisexual or anywhere on that spectrum. But what I was being told was that if you were, you were going to hell. So I tried my best to find a middle ground where I didn't judge people who were, but there was this... As far as I was concerned at the time, this unerring fact that people who are homosexual were going to hell. And when my friend came out to me, 
I looked him in the face and I told him that I don't care if he's homosexual. I don't care if he's gay. It doesn't bother me. He was still my best friend. But because I I was Christian, I told him that I believed that... Oh, God. This really hurts my heart and I'm really about to cry. I told him that the church believes that gay people are going to hell. And... I don't know how much that impacted him, and I'm sure that hurt him a lot because we were ex- we were very, very, very close friends, and we stayed close friends. After that, I moved away for college, and that was when we started to drift apart was when I went, we went to college because we were in different states. But we stayed very close friends even after, and I think that that says way more about him than it does about me and his ability to be generous and understand where I was. I do have the responsibility for accepting the belief that I did. I was 17. You're old enough to question. But if you haven't grown up in that environment, just know that it's extremely difficult to untangle yourself. And it took me nearly a decade to untangle myself mentally from all of the crazy teachings that had no backings to really accepting a lot of lifestyles and sexualities and people being somewhere else on that gender spectrum. By the time I got to college, I had dropped the belief that people who were not heterosexual or cis were going to hell, but I was still very naive when it came to that. I had friends. The number of times I went to gay bars with my friends It's a blast. New Orleans has a wonderful, wonderful gay scene. But even then, I didn't let myself question anything. It wasn't until I started talking to my roommate at the time after I left the church that certain things started to click in my mind. At that time, I was talking to an ex and gender and sexuality came up in conversation. And I told my roommate, let's call her Amber, I told Amber that when I was asked if I had ever had a crush on another girl, it kind of floored me because no one really asked. Everyone assumed that I was straight. I always said I was straight. I never did anything in my mind to the contrary. But when my ex asked, this girl popped into my head. There was a girl when I was about 13, 14, who moved up to Arkansas when Katrina hit. When I say we spent a lot of time together, I mean we were attached at the hip. And I think about how we interacted and how I felt about her. I didn't know then what sex was. I didn't really know. Yes, I know 13 is a little late to not know what sex was. (laughs) But all I knew is that I wanted to be around her. I wanted to hold her hand. I wanted to, you know, the cute little 13, like, brush shoulders, just innocent, innocent things. And it wasn't until she went to move back to Louisiana that she told me that she loved me. And if I ever wanted to be with a woman, that she would be there for me. And at the time, I I blew it off. I was like, no, she can't mean that. I can't be attracted to girls. That's just not something that is done or allowed. And so I never let myself think about it. And in thinking back, that happened a few times. Not the exact same scenario, but there were always these girls that I was attracted to that I felt this pull towards. But because I was in the purity culture, very, very deep in the purity culture, 
I'd never seen porn, like nothing. That attraction was very emotionally driven. I felt this really intense emotional connection, but I never let myself think about it. And of course there were guys too. It confused me, so I, being the stubborn person that I am, just shoved it to the back of my mind. There's this attractive guy, there's this attractive girl, who cares? I'm not going to date in high school because I had planned to move out of state, if not out of the country, to go to college. So I didn't get that chance to explore. And then when I was older, at the church had basically taken over my life. There really wasn't a chance for me to explore myself. So after June of 17, I really got to delve into myself. And I dabbled a little bit here and there on the internet towards the end of working for the church, but I then had a lot of time on my hands. I was bedridden and sick, and all I could really do was be on my computer or on my phone. It didn't take long for me to really accept that I was bi. I told my siblings, my siblings are like, duh, that doesn't surprise me, you're always weird. All of my siblings are introverts and that is a sign of love. And I never questioned it. Then the question was posed to me, would you ever date a trans person? And I thought about it. I have absolutely no problem with someone being trans. It was never something I was concerned about. And so by labeling standards, that makes me pansexual. But again, the infighting is just weird and I would just rather be labeled as queer. So I never actively searched for another partner who was pans or bi or anything like that. And I didn't really date very much while I worked for the church anyway. And after that, I was just sick. So I just turned to online. And not to give you our whole beautiful romantic story, I did meet someone. And I did move to Michigan for this person. I've mentioned my boyfriend a few times in this podcast, especially when I was talking about moving. So this weekend is going to be significant, not only for me, but also for her. This weekend is our Pride Festival, and I am going to be coming out as queer for the first time to my family, to everyone who knew me, to anyone who still stalks me on Facebook. And also, it will be my girlfriend's first time out as herself. Now knowing that I come from a very religious background, the closer and closer we get to pride, the more my brain and the anxiety starts to spike because I know that the fallout is not going to be good for a little bit. I've talked to some of my really close friends and I know I have some people who are going to be there for me. I have a podcast friend who's going to be there for me. I don't know why I'm saying that, like no one knows who she is, but Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss has my back. She's the best person ever. That anxiety I felt as we get closer, it's only a few days away now. I'm starting to be excited, not just for myself, but also for my girlfriend so she can feel beautiful and feminine and herself and we get to share that experience together and I think that's a really beautiful thing. And that's why I wanted to record before Pride. There's so much that I have to process and so much is going to happen in the next week, maybe two weeks, I don't know, that is going to be up in the air. But no matter what happens at the end of the day, we have each other, we both have support systems, and it will be a very, very big relief. We'll get to be ourselves. And the people who aren't able to accept that 
are not welcome in my life. And I know that there will be certain family members who will cut off ties with me and that absolutely breaks my heart. But this is who I am and I'm not the only person in the world who's gone through these things. There are people in my life that I can look to who experience these things. There are celebrities who have been very open about their sexuality and their experiences. Ellen Page, for like the longest time, has been out and is an LGBTQ plus icon. (laughs) And there are so many other celebrities that I can choose who are bisexual, who are trans, who are out there and beautifully themselves. And that gives me even more inspiration and wanting to just be myself authentically. And while that might be scary, I'm pretty excited. So the next time you're going to hear from me, it will be post-Pride, post-announcing everything on Facebook, post-maybe crying, and we'll see where life takes me. I'm excited about my future. I have a surprise coming up in the future as well. We're almost to a year on this podcast, which is insane. When I started this podcast, it was just something to vent, to meet other people who are mixed or are in the community for whatever reason. I just wanted to meet people and have a place where I could still be myself while I'm sick. And I'm really grateful that I've had this outlet and that I'm almost to a year It'll be a year in July. So I am going to wish all of you a happy Pride Month. If you are also coming out or thinking about coming out, just know that my DMs are open. You know my email, somekindofbrown at gmail.com. There is a community for you. And if you are going to go through what I'm going to experience, which is the loss of family members because of it, know that you can choose your family. And sometimes the family you choose, you're even closer to than the family that you were born into. If you're not accepted at home, you will find a place where you're accepted elsewhere. Just know that this podcast is one of those places. As usual, you guys can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Some Kind of Brown. I have Patreon and merch that you can also find through any of those sources. Thank you to Purple Planet for the use of their song Love Life. Most of all, again, have a beautiful and happy pride. Just give everybody a hug. Love everybody. I'm having a lot of feelings right now. I'll see you next week with some more Shades of Brown.